welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hello. <laughs> welcome. You, I mean, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. It's not worth getting into the intros anymore. No, no, no. Let's we just, should just ha- we should what we should have is a universal tagline that's just like we're in. Rather than being like Wednesday episodes, we have news and reviews where we talk news and reviews. It's a terrible tagline, but it, at least it's a tagline. We still manage to butcher it every time. <laughs> Some days it's <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um, hi. How's it going? Um, yeah, welcome to this episode. <laughs> this episode I've been looking forward to. Um, Me too, mate. Because we're going to talk about one of the films... I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> ah. um, we're going to talk about one of my most anticipated films of the year, uh, which was John Wick 2. Oh, yes. A film I was really looking forward to. It sounds like I didn't know we were recording this podcast. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, oh, that's what we're talking about today. Okay. Um, uh, but it also gives us an opportunity to talk about a film that I loved first, which is John Wick. Now, we talked a little bit about this in our preview to um, 2017. Yes. Um, but before, if we're going to talk John Wick 2, why not talk a little bit about what, what preceded it? Um. I've said to people many times, I'm willing to chat anyone's ear off about why I love the original John Wick so much. Yeah. You know, I genuinely believe it is one of the best action films of the last 10 years. Maybe even longer than that. Without doing actual research, I cannot say one way or the other. There's no facts to back that up. Why why would you say anything other than that? It's a claim that I'm willing to stand with. Okay, so it's a spurious claim that is based on zero conjecture at this point. Apart from the fact that I really, really enjoy. Okay, tell me why. So the first John Wick basically is a story of a man seeking revenge after his dog is killed. Correct. So John Wick. By the way, there will be spoilers for both John Wick and John Wick Two in this episode. Yeah, Um, goes without saying. So if you've not seen them both, go watch them. Genuinely, because they are. Is there much to spoil in the John Wicks? I, I, probably not. Probably not. But just in case there aren't people like, oh, the why big you... things that happen are five minutes into the film. Yeah, that's not spoiler territory. Uh, I'd say you might get a lot of people like, oh, why did you say certain things? I didn't. I haven't seen this film. So if you if you haven't seen them, go especially like John Wick Two because obviously that's just come out. We're, we are going to talk about that. John Wick but... survives the first John Wick, by the way, guys. In case you haven't noticed. <laughs> So the first film is the story of a man who's just recently lost his wife. Yeah. Um, and her parting gift to him was to give him a dog. Yeah. Um, which gets delivered on the day of her funeral. Um, then somebody comes around, a group of guys come around, and they steal his car that he loves a lot, and they kill his dog. And John Wick is the story of his him taking revenge. You find out that John Wick was an assassin who managed to get out of that world. But due to grief and due to pain... Then goes on this one-man mission to kind of right the wrongs that were done against him. Just when he thought he was out, they drag him back in. Exactly, and it is that old that old trope, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what John Wick does so brilliantly is it's such a simplistic action movie. It doesn't have all these kind of flair and bells and whistles of modern-day action movies mm. where they try to be something they're not. They try to elevate the game. What John Wick did is it reinvented it by going back to what we knew. What you don't have is John McClane jumping in a car to through take a, a helicopter. helicopter off a broken bridge or something. You've there's, not got any... there's no needless explosions that have been set no. up by some sort of weird 
ah, well, if I shoot here and then the bullet deflects off these six surfaces and then hits that one jerry can of oil, it'll then blow up <laughs> that car 50 metres away. It, it's it's one of those films, it's, it's the one versus the many situation. Yeah. Um, and what happens is, in that first film, it's Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves is, you know, he it has been said Keanu Reeves is not really a great actor. Mm. Let's be honest, a, He's not got the range of, say, certain other people like, say, Denzel Washington or someone like that. He can do Keanu quite well. And, you know, that works in a lot of the films that he does. You know, you look at Neo, it works for that character. Especially in the first one. After the first one, that franchise gets all fucked up anyway. But it's interesting when you play someone who's been living in a robot cyberspace for all your life (laughs) that Keanu Reeves is the person that you go to for that. It was supposed to be Will Smith, wasn't it? Yeah. Anything too charismatic that's, that's the problem but yeah so John Wick I love because what it does is it goes okay we are going to basically because I've listened to a lot of stuff from the directors about this film and they talk about how for years they tried to make big studios realise that gun fu which is what he uses in this film which is basically a mix of martial arts and gunplay workable on screen and everyone kept going that's a ridiculous idea. That will never work. Yeah. And they now go, well, we are now justified going, we got the perfect base switch because John Wick was a core script um, and they kind of added a few elements like the whole mythology that we'll come into in a minute. Mm. Um, and they added like what he can do. Well, it's something that Eastern cinema has been doing for a long time, Gunfu, but Hollywood doesn't like the idea for some reason. There's a disconnect. Well, I think the closest you ever got was um, what's the Christian Bale movie? And it's got Sean Bean in it. I'd say Equilibrium. Yeah, that's correct. Equilibrium, that's the closest you ever got to that. But that was more kind of focused on the guns rather than any kind of other. Yeah. Because that was all about being in the right place so that every shot you take hits. Uh, Well, this actually. Big fan of Equilibrium, clearly. But. I don't think I ever watched you, you it. Watch it. It's, it's alright. It's alright. I thought it was serviceable. There's a couple of really nice moments in there. This is what I like. I like when action is inventive. Yeah. And you use basic action tropes, but you do something new with them. Yeah. And what they did with John Wick is they went, okay, we're going to put some actual pure fighting in there, some you know mar- martial arts in there, along with some really cool gunplay. Yeah. And they, the main thing is, they got John um, Keanu Reeves to do this. They didn't go, let's use a stunt double for most of it. They actually got an actor who was willing to go out there and play Commit. that role. Yeah. Um, and if you've seen the videos online, like there's videos of him on gun ranges and stuff, and like you know he's got multiple guns and he's hitting every single target straight in the middle. And you're mm. like, my lord, I don't want to. Like if the zombie apocalypse comes, I want Keanu on my side. Basically, he knows what he's doing now. Um, but yeah, you really like John Wick as well, the original. Yeah, uh, the thing is, like, I'm I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, but I think it's because I've been jaded recently by seeing action films and even films that aren't traditionally action films but have action elements to them now that just do the same thing over and over again. Except every time they do it, they have to do it bigger and louder and mm-hmm. more stupid. So, so for me, it was nice to see a sort of return to stripped down sort of revenge action you know it's yeah. it's you know a very simple setup it's kind that of is then executed as well as it needs to be because you don't need to put in the stupid stuff that comes alongside the modern stuff 
So when you've only got a few elements to worry about, you can really commit to making those elements the best they can be, rather than going, well, let's hash some of the elements because we're running out of time here, because we've spent too much money on explosions and things, and we're spending too much time on post-production on the explosions, so we can't really work on the fact that the script isn't all that good, or yeah. that the, the uh, gunplay is a little bit off. Because the strange thing about this film is the script is like the first film. The script isn't really there. Like there isn't much to play with, is there? No, there's it's not. It's one simple, frame. and that's the thing that I keep using the term simple, and that's not meant derogatory. That's meant to be a positive. For this yeah. Well, thing. the thing is, it's it's that, so simple where you can do so much. It's almost that idea of independent filmmaking of mm. going out and saying, right, keep it simple. So you you strip back your basic elements of your film. And you make a revenge film that doesn't have to have the fluff attached because it then allows you to work on your strengths and say, right, okay, so we're stunt directors. What yeah. we want to do is fight scenes. What we want to do is the gunplay. What we want to do is a really, you know, solid narrative that doesn't have huge amounts of dialogue because there's not huge scenes of no. pages and pages of dialogue being said. You know, the most Keanu has to say is a couple of lines here and there. So they say, let's, instead of going, okay, how do we weave this story? They go, let's give him a reason to be in all of these different Because the action tells the story anyway. Yeah, so for example, when, um, I can't remember his name, um, the one who plays Alfie Allen's character in this, I can't remember what his name is, um, but he's the guy who kills the dog. Yeah. And he ends up going to a nightclub they tell him to get himself safe and he goes to a nightclub. But mm. it's understandable that that character goes to that nightclub, which then gives John Wick a reason to, to go to the nightclub, nightclub yeah. to then go through one of probably the best action set piece in the entire film, where yeah. he basically murders his way through multiple stories of a nightclub. And it's an incredible scene, but it's not like, oh, let's just put him in a nightclub because he'll be cool. They go, no, let's put it there because it makes sense for the person he's chasing to be there. Mm. And I think it's very well done that way. Um, any fight scene that happens, it's always done for the right reasons. Yeah. And I think that's you know that's it for me, is that John Wick just was a pleasant surprise in the sense that for a long time we hadn't had a huge amount of those films being released and what we'd had instead was a huge amount of not particularly great action films being released that are all pretty much interchangeable. So when, mm. when you're dealing with that, when the landscape is that barren then it helps because it means that you're there getting off on a on a good foot because you're doing something different. But actually, it's not necessarily different. It's just an old thing that you've reinvented or you've brought back in. Yeah, and it, it has a lot of references to other types of films. Like mm. you said, like um, kind of Asian cinema. Yeah. It uses a lot of those elements and brings them in to go, actually, you can make a Hollywood film. With this. Well, this is it. It's it feels like a it feels like a martial arts film first, and one that just happens to be you know, an action film starring Keanu Reeves as well. It's got elements of stuff like The Raid in there, yeah. or Old Boy. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously the new version of Old Boy, which you, I remember saying is the better version. All right, so we're moving on. <laughs> but you know, but what is really nice about that is it brings in these elements of mythology, like this kind of underworld scene. So, for example, you've got things like the Continental, which is um, a place, basically a hotel where assassins stay. Yeah, and it has rules where you can't you can't do business on Continental grounds uh, because it's supposed to be a safe house. You know, if you end up in the Continental, you are safe. Yeah, um, for however long that needs to be. Um, 
you know, it's got these gold coins that don't really seem to have any sort of value. No, it just seems to be a, a coin is enough for pretty much anything. Yeah, and it's like, you know, um, a coin might get you a room, but it also might get you a drink at the bar. Yeah. And it's, you know... Or five guns. Exactly. So it's like, what what is the exchange rate? There's no real thing. Is it just a status thing that if you have gold coins... It's a coins, symbolic gesture, I think, more than anything else. You know, there's two ways to look at it. You go, okay, maybe whoever you're giving the coins to knows who you are and therefore knows how much you are paying for this. Yeah. Um, and that takes out your account, or is it just a status thing of if you have a gold coin to pay with, that is it. Yeah. Like it's basically like going to a bar and being like, oh, I've got a hundred pounds that'll buy me this room, but also I'm willing to just go hundred pound out the rest of the tip because it's a status thing of me going, I have that money to give. Mm. Um, you know, and it's this really interesting mythology that never really actually gets explained, but it's nice. You know, you got things like um, John Wick gets attacked in his house, yeah, and there's all these dead bodies. And the police come to the door and they're like, oh, it's a noise complaint. And the police look down the corridor, see these bodies and just goes, you working again? He's like, you know, I'm mm. just getting, clearing a few things up. But he's like, okay, see you around, John. And they don't care. Yeah. Because they know what he does. And it gives this idea that the police force understand the work that the hitmen are doing, or hitmen and women, um, are doing. Therefore, go listen. We don't have to be dirty cops because that's what they do. Yeah, that's what we do. And as long as we let them do what they do, as long as it doesn't intersect with what we are doing as the police, you know, as long as they're not encouraging crimes, kind of that will affect the police force, let them have let them have it. And that's the way I get what I get from it anyway. And listening to what I have heard from the directors, what they have said, that's the way I see that. Yeah. Um, but then you get these nice things like you get somebody call up and say, I've got a dinner reservation for 12. And then this old guy with his henchmen come in. Um, his cleaning and he's crew, like, yeah. They clean up your house, they get rid of the bodies. And it's, it was really nice, that first book, just really going, this is a universe that we're not going to tell you too much about. You mm. don't need to know the ins and outs of it. Just know this is the universe you're in. And if yeah. you can commit to the world of John Wick and go, okay, I'm not going to ask too many questions. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy what this film gives me. Enjoy the ride it takes me on. Then I will enjoy this. Mm. And if you're a fan of action films, I don't think there is a better one in the last 10 years of doing that. Of take, giving you that pure escapism to action. Um, and that's what action is. I'm I would saying, say The Raid is the one that stands yeah, out yeah. for me as being the best of the last 10 years. But John Wick certainly stands up there. The, the, problem, with, the problem with The Raid, and I've spoke to you about this, I don't think I remember... When I watched Raid, I only could find an English dub of it, mm. and I genuinely believe I lost some of its effect yeah. because the dubbing wasn't perfect. Well, the drop, the dubbing on on the English is, is atrocious. Yeah, and from, from the bit that I saw of that when you were watching it, I was like, "This is bad." And that's a shame because I think the action in that is is phenomenal, and the fighting is incredible. Um, and I really want to watch a film where the guy from the Raid has to team up with John Wick. To go fight their way out of a sports hall. Mm. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it does still stand out as one of the better examples of, of the genre, certainly within the last 10 or 15 years, I'd say. And so many headshots. Mm. So many headshots. Um, but no, I think it, it works so well. And I literally will show everybody this film. Like, currently I have a copy of the DVD. Well, Blu-ray because I'm a fancy bastard 
Um, you need to say that. But I want to. You need to tell the audience but I want that you've to. got money to burn. Um, it's my gold coin. Yeah. Me having Blu-rays. Um, but that Blu-ray has spent about three weeks in my house. I watched it all here. It out, because yeah. I literally, as soon as I get it back, I give it to someone else and go, oh, have you seen John Wick? No. There you go. Like, it's currently with one of my mates, and they're like, you need to watch this. And he's like, I've heard you talk about it so much, but I suppose I should. I'm like, you do, because if you like action movies, it does everything you need it to do. Yeah, I mean, I do the same with my copy of Rare Exports, the Finnish uh, sort of <laughs> holidays <laughs> horror film from uh, 2010-ish. It's about Santa. <laughs> I know the film. Yeah? Never seen it. It's good. You'd like it. I did a sidecast on it once. We no. don't talk about those anymore because they're basically suicide notes. <laughs> the problem is it's never spent enough time in the house. That's the problem. It's been rented out to all my friends who are into Finnish cinema. My, me. <laughs> yeah. Me. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on. Let's let's talk about uh, the sequel. Well, do we have to? I just want to keep lamenting about it. Uh, we do have to because we're already running quite long. Because <laughs> you've just been going, oh, and this, and this, and this. Okay. But don't worry about it. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the sequel. Numero uno. One of your... Chapter two. Numero uno, chapter two. Shh. What? I didn't learn... You lived in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Numero uno, chapter two. Really... Unbelievable. Yeah, as in, you know, we've done number one, now time for chapter two, that's what I was doing there. No one ever says that. <laughs> no one ever says, number one, number two, like that. <laughs> Surely you'd say, num- numero uno finito. Then you could say, that's that's you ending that conversation. Let's and talk about chapter, chapter two. Chapter two is the new stuff. What you did was you went, numero uno chapter two, as if it was one thought. Okay, so, one of your most hotly anticipated films of this year, yeah. due to the first one's success in your brain. Have I told you about the first one? Yes, very much so. You've told literally everyone you know about the first one. So, it was one of your most highly anticipated. Your, Absolutely. The first most anticipated, as in, in terms of chronologically throughout yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah. This is the first one of your most anticipated top three. So, what were you wanting, and what did you get? What I want, all I wanted from this was to just continue in the same vein. I wanted, I understand you cannot be as simplistic as the first one. If you go for a second, a sequel, it genuinely has to be a bit bigger. Mm. So on the understanding of that, what I wanted it to do is do that, but not forget where it came from. Yeah. In a way, I didn't want it to have to go. Okay, now we're going to put in the helicopter explosions and stuff because you know that's what we have to do now because we're a sequel. Mm. Um. But I also wanted it to a more, more of an understanding of that universe and what what that is. Yeah. You know, I wanted to just what I wanted to do is go along and just fall straight back into where I was at the end of John Wick, where I go, I'm happy to just see at least another couple of hours. Yeah, I'm happy this in this world. world now, and as long as you expand on it, then I'm okay. Exactly. So we went and watched it uh, a few days last ago. week. Yeah. Um, and I think we came out with different opinions. Basically, this is one of those films that. So I watched it, and I came out, and I was... I think there were moments. So, let me put my cards on the table. I really enjoy this film. Yeah. I really do. I do think it has problems. It has flaws. But the more I think about it, the more I enjoy it. Like, the more I think, actually, there is stuff that I really, really like. And when I speak to some people who have seen it as well, I'm there, and I'm going, oh, but 
this and then this happened and then do you remember this and then this happened and this happened mm. and then you go yeah that did that bit did happen but also remember this and this and this um, I think what it does really well and I know we're going to disagree at some point on this because there's a lot I agree with you with and we'll come on to what your thoughts are in a second um, but what I think it does really well is it continues just to be a form of escapism um, and what yeah. it is is I think if you, once again if you fully subscribe to that world of John Wick and go Listen, this is not realism. This is not gritty action. This is just fun, balls to the wall. This is John Wick's world. This is how this world works, action. Yeah. You can get yourself lost in it again. And there are definite moments in this film where I'm just like, this is fantastic. Like, yeah. This is this is a lot of fun. The body count is much higher. Yeah, true. Um, I do think it suffers at times from some of the scenes are overly long. Like some of the fights do seem longer than they need to be. Yeah. But at the same time, those fights and what's happening in them, I'm happy to enjoy. Because let's be honest, the John Wick films are basically just two very long fight scenes. Yeah, essentially. Uh, taking some taking short in breathers. Yeah, but that's, that, that is literally only to catch your breath and then back into it, yeah. But what were your gen- general thoughts on? Well, so going in much the same as you, I wanted exactly what you said. You, you know, expand on the world a little bit. I was I was always a bit trepidatious about it because I I really enjoyed the first one, but I just thought, how are you going to sustain that hmm. for another film? And I think my my main quarrel with the film now is number one, it's it's the length of it. Hmm. It's it feels too baggy. It feels too stretched out. You can condense the film, and you can make it a more concise and more. Uh, complete article in less time I think you can lose 20 minutes from this film without too much worry what I will also say is the things that I really loved about the first film were still there in part but not to the extent that they were in the first so the action seemed a lot more quick cut than Mm -hmm. the original the first one the fight scenes, you feel that you're in those fights. You they feel the punches. Takes. You feel like these were actual. Whereas this, you get two or three punches and then it switches to another angle and then you get another punch and then it switches back to another angle and then you get three or four punches there and then it switches back to another angle. Well, I didn't I didn't notice that as much. I was I seeing it right from the very first fight scene all the way through. It was a case of you got maybe, I think, three or four and that was the limit of it. And there wasn't ever anything where you go, wow, I really feel them in the same way that I did with the first one, which is what I really enjoyed the first one. Because fight scenes these days are every single punch mm. is a different cut, right? But I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as, say, you watch Taken where... Oh, no. Still, still better than most, but I kind of went, well, why are you shying away from the thing that made you great in the first mm-hmm. place? If you're taking a step away from that, what's your justification for that? That's that's my issue with it, is that I can't understand why you would take a, take that choice and say, well, we're going to do more quick cuts in this. And they're not quick, quick in the sense that most modern action films are. You know, you talk about Resident Evil Afterlife or whatever, yeah. and it's every single punch has got 12 different angles to it. But if if you've got something that works in the first one, Please don't get don't. rid of it, even in any slight way. If it ain't keep keep everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
the world building was great. I yeah, think I think it expanded really well. You know, I'm not saying this is a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's fine, mm-hmm. but I don't think it it came anywhere near what I wanted from it. Just because the first one did so well for me, well, but yeah. unexpectedly, let's, and I think that's the issue. Let's talk quickly about the plot of the second one, though, just to kind of explain why mm. it does get bigger. So, in this one, we start with the end, really, of the first it's one. It's five days after, I think. Yeah. It picks up five days after the first one ends. And it's John Wick going to get his car back. and mm. Because there's a card in the car yeah. from his ex uh, not ex-wife, dead wife. Yeah. Former uh, wife. So, he turns around to um, the guy who basically has his car and says, Listen, I know you're related to the guys that, from the last film, but let's just have some peace. Let's, mm. let's stop this. And he retires again. And John Wood gets that retirement. The thing is, then a guy comes back into his life who he owes a marker to. And the marker is basically a, 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 a promise that if somebody needs your help, you have to... You, you have, have to, to honour that promise. Yeah. Um, and because John Wick then denies this, his house gets blown up and all of his memories of his wife that were in that house are gone. Yeah. Um, Which then leads John Wick... On a rampage, essentially. Pretty much. He has to honour his marker, but then as soon as he honours his marker, he then gets double-crossed, and basically, people die. Until eventually, a hit is put out on John Wick. The main thing is, a hit is put out on John Wick. Um, basically, an open contract in New York saying, kill John Wick, you get three million... Seven million. Seven million dollars. Yeah. Um... And yeah, that's what that's basically your setup for now, this movie. The, the the thing that I really liked about this film was that large portions of the action, either not not action, but of the plot, are driven by the Continental. Whether it's the one in New York that you see or one in Italy that you see, but what I really liked is the fact that you got to see more of that world. So the introduction of the markers and stuff like yeah. that—that's a really interesting is thing. It, is it sommelier? The sommelier in uh, in the is it Rome? In Rome, Rome where, yeah. where basically he goes in for tasting mm. and it ends up to be a gun tasting. Well, it, essentially, this is the thing. They they always played off, in the first one, they still played off the idea of all these, ho- the, the hotel had these positions. So the manager, and that's Ian McShane in the, in the yeah. New York one. And the manager is essentially running this hitman hotel, right? So it's it's the idea of taking a standard everyday job in a hotel and making it a slight twist. So the sommelier in in Rome is actually the guy who sells you the guns. And it's, you know, it's not even like you go in and there's things on the wall that yeah. then revolve around and then you've got guns. They're, it's just you just go in some... and there are guns on the wall. And it's that tongue-in-cheek kind of, listen, this is this is what we've built. Yeah, and Peter Serafinowicz has a really good time with that role, yeah. I think. He's really enjoying being there. Um, I think, you know, credit to Ian McShane because he's putting in a sort of he's towing the line between chewing the scenery and just really sort of having a lot of fun with it i think he he knows that the film is preposterous and ridiculous and he's okay with that and he's given a much more expanded role in this film than he was in the first because you see him for maybe five minutes in the first film but this he's he's quite a integral part of you, you see why he's the manager in this you see him enforcing the rules yes the and you is... see his influence on the world that they live in yeah so he, he says he basically is the guy who makes sure that if a marker is complete it's marked as he's the one who enforces those rules and you know the fact that you cannot break he's got the ledger there that everyone has to put the completed stuff into 
So it's, I think it's 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 done really well at expanding that stuff. It's just a shame that for me, I'm looking at it and going, there's stuff that I really loved in the original that is sort of present here, but not to the degree that it was in the first. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you can't do a strip down a plot necessarily when you're doing a sequel to. But there's just certain it's... sequences in this film where I go, this feels a bit silly. No, it feels I, a bit rushed that I you have put this in. That in places it does feel like a little bit flabby. Where you're like, this maybe isn't needed, this could be streamlined, this could be cut. Maybe it just needs a bit more editing. Um, it's kind it's of a just... less disciplined film overall. Um, and and I think that comes with the problem of, of making it more expansive, taking it to different countries and stuff like that. Um, by, by exploring that universe, they've kind of neglected to actually streamline it at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to get what that first one did, because that first one, what it did, what it did so well. Yes. But I think it doesn't fail in making this a fun journey to be on. Um, I really enjoy everything that happens. Like there's some really, really not only inventive kills, but some really funny kills as well. Like some really, um, there's the whole um, like they talk about the whole pencil cut in the first and the second. Mm. Uh, they mention it a couple of times, and then you actually see him kill people with a pencil, and mm. you see the inventiveness and the will to live um, from John. Because I, I heard a really interesting point actually. Um, which I can't help but agree with, which is in this second film, and I want to know if you agree, the point where um, his house gets set on fire. Yeah. At that point, do you think John Wick thought he will be dead? Like, he knew what the outcome of rejecting that marker is. Did he think he was going to die there? And I think he'd gone there. Blown out that window and live. Because what the point was, was. John Wick is the kind of man who doesn't really want to live, no. but his will of nature will not let him die. Yeah, he so has. So if you are going to kill John Wick, he will keep going until you basically kill him, and he can go. I went down fighting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting point. I think that 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 certainly makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Knowing everything we know about him it would make sense that he goes to the place that he has these memories with his wife and that he would just go and wait there knowing that that was going to happen and knowing that, okay, fine, this is it. This is the end. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about... And then when he's blown out of the window... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably just like, oh, okay, so I've got to do this again. So so I've survived. You've basically taken everything from I me. think he was happy to die at that point and then just... When he rejected the marker. Yeah. You know, I, I just thought it was a really interesting thing, way to look at his character and... When you look at his character like that through two films, you go, he is a man who literally will just keep going. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't think, you know, he's a man who's torn by grief. Yeah. Like everything that seems to happen to him seems to just shit on him. You know, he, it's because he, he's, he's somebody who had happiness for however long that period was when he yeah. retired. He did have happiness. He got out and everyone says, once you get out, you stay out. You don't, if you come back in, you dip one turn in the water. Mm. you're dragged back into this and I think you're right all those scenes with Ian McShane especially that he has and you know there's only a couple of scenes with him with those two it's very much a kind of it's almost like a father-son relationship of Ian McShane kind of being disappointed that you've come back yeah he doesn't want to see John be involved in it anymore and he doesn't want to see John making incorrect decisions that are then going to affect him negatively further down the road yeah and the thing is you know the They've set up for the sequel to John Wick 2. Yeah, should we talk about the ending? This is, mm, like I said, okay. there will be spoilers. So let's talk about the ending. So 
like I said earlier, the one rule of the Continental is you do not conduct business on the Continental grounds. Mm. Um, now, in this film, um, John Wick kills a man at the Continental. And that's a really great moment where Ian McShane's going, don't do it, just walk away. He kills the guy, and he's like, what have you done? Mm. And then John goes away. Now, in the first film, what we saw is when somebody conducted business before on the Continental grounds, they got instantly killed. Yeah. They didn't even kill anyone. Oh, no, they, she did. Yeah. She did kill someone. But she killed somebody there. She got killed straight away. Mm. Now, towards the end of the film, we see John Wick walking towards the same place, isn't it? Central Park. Um, and he's basically told, we're not going to kill you, but you've now been excommunicated. from the... Yeah, they... They Ex- go with the Latin rather than just saying excommunicated because, you know, they love adding all the shit in there. Um, but, you know, he's now no longer got access to any of the services of the Continental. Mm. Or um, any of its sister sites around the world. But also, the hit that was previously out on him, the £7 million, has been doubled to £14 million And is and issued is worldwide. Open contract. And the last thing we see is John Wick basically running... <laughs> For his life. Mm. What did you think of that as an ending? like, And as a set up to the next round? Well, the thing is, I'm kind of disappointed that we're getting a third mm. one. Because if you ended it like that, I'd kind of be happy with that being the end of the story. And you not necessarily knowing what happens. Because you can just presume that he's going to go through the next film doing exactly what he did in that little montage of him walking through New York and taking down 20 different assassins. If you're going to make that for the third film, that's when I start getting issues. Because I don't want to just see a montage of, and here's the next assassin come to kill him. How does he kill him? Okay, that's an inventive way of killing him. Oh, here's another assassin to kill him. How does he kill him? Because it just feels like a conveyor belt then. I think the ending ending worked for me. The the way they talk about this, they say they don't know whether they're going to get a third yet. They oh, will. I thought they They said... But they always planned it out as a trilogy. But what um, they've said is, if this is how it ends, they don't mind because John Wick is a character who really doesn't get a happy ending. Mm. Um, well, this, again, I, I would prefer it if this was the end of his story because, quite frankly, it's wrapped up quite nicely. Mm-hmm. It leaves it with him running, but you know that you know he will continue going on for because it seemingly means. There is no better assassin in the world than John Wick. He is the best at what he does. We have seen this over the course of two different films. He's the boogeyman. So, I have complete faith that if there is a third film, and there is a worldwide contract on him, he will be dotting around different cities all around the world because he has to, because he has to stay away from certain people. He's got got an hour to get out of New York. That's the first challenge. And then, he's going to have to kill these people as they come and find him. But there's this really nice moment at the end because obviously when everyone seemingly an assassin has the same text tone mm. um, and the same type of phone. Um, so he's kind of walking out and when they get the contracts issued everyone gets it saying in an hour you can kill John Wick. Yeah. Um, and he's walking out the park and all of a sudden everyone starts getting texts and it's that thing of some of these people probably just getting a normal text on their phone. Yeah. But it's the first time we've seen him kind of paranoid. Of, mm. Oh shit, everyone is out to get me but what I did listen to um, Keanu Reeves did the Empire podcast mm-hmm. where he talks at length about what is in, and he's like an excitable child but he talks about what he would like to see in the third film mm-hmm. and they, it's a really nice idea which is basically in John Wick 2 
he kills two heads of the high table. Yeah. Um, you know, he kills the same line. They're both the Italians, mm. but it means that the high table of assassins, where there's like 12 heads of state, um, he's killed two of them. And technically, the Continental assisted him in being able to do that. Mm. So he wants to see some kind of friction between those two factions. Yeah. The Continental, who now have a hit out on him, and High Table, who... I mean, it's perfect, because it's the whole empire, um, the whole episode one thing of trade negotiations, and I want to see a blockade, I want to see, <laughs> I want to see taxation on the Continental... I want to see inflated breakfast prices at the Continental. Maybe you have to put down two gold coins. <laughs> but, the, you know, that would be an interesting way to go and with it, it that means that I it isn't just... You could start it with that whole idea of, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it is going to be him one versus a thousand. Mm. Uh, you know, he'll get his car back because there's got to be something for John Legu- John Leguizamo. Legu- I can't say his name. Leguizamo. Leguizamo. There's got to be something for him to do in one of these films because so far he's just been a background character. Well, maybe he needs the money. He's going to kill him for fourteen minutes. Um, could do. Could turn. He on gets him. the text. But that's the thing. Like anyone could turn on him now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll get his car back, and then you know there's going to be him fighting a fair few of these kind of assassins. But if you have this also against the backdrop of two of the biggest factions in this world that's being created going against each other, and who's the reason for it? John Wick and the protection of John Wick has caused that. Yeah. Do they bring him back into the fold to finish the job? Because technically, let's be honest, he's the only man who seemingly can. Yeah. Um, you know, it adds that interesting tension. So I'm I'm actually really excited for a third one because I actually, like I said, the more I think about it, the more I really enjoyed it. I did come out and I was a bit disappointed that there's certain things that I thought could have been done better. But there's definitely a lot in there that I really enjoyed. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that we've talked about previously that we've not had time to chat about on this because mm. I don't know how long we've been going, but I imagine we're about there, yeah? Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff we've spoke about that stuff I really liked. For example, like references to kind of like Bond-esque villains that I really liked in Ruby Rose's character, but you weren't such a, as much of a fan of that mm. idea. But it, Yeah, it just felt a little bit gimmicky to me, yeah. but I can understand why you would want to put them in there. Um, you know, and I, I thought there's a lot in this that I really enjoy, and you know, I understand where you're coming from with a lot of your criticisms. Some I still think aren't criticisms, you know, in my mind. But I think that's what this film's going to do. You know, it's not... It's not the first film, let's be but honest. We've, well, the thing is, we've always had different opinions when it comes to action films anyway. Mm. You're much more of a fan of action films than I am. But I think I would always be more on the lookout for things that let me down. Yeah. Whereas you're going, how can I enjoy I'm this as much find as the possible? Like, and I, I, I think I did, a, I, you know, I did a fair job of finding stuff that I enjoyed about the film and, you know, by no means is it a bad film. Absolutely, it yeah. just doesn't. It doesn't come close to living up to the expectations of the first for me. We haven't even mentioned the artist formerly known as Larry Fishburne, now Lawrence, yeah, as King of the Pigeons, uh, which I believe was his character's title. <laughs> King of the Pigeons, Larry Fishburne turns up. Uh, it's nice to see Neo and Morpheus on screen. Together. He has a lot of fun with that character. Yeah, he has. He, he's having the best time. I. I'd be happy if John Wick Chapter 3 was just called John Wick Chapter 3, colon, King of the Pigeons. Because <laughs> I would like... Or Pigeon Prince. And it's about him in training with Larry Fishburne trying to become the King of the Pigeons. I don't think it will be. No. But I think a... <laughs> that might be a pipe dream that I have to hold on to. Like I said, there are things that we've definitely missed. You know, we've tried to talk about both both films as 
best we can. There's obviously stuff we missed. Mm. Um, like I said, if you've not seen John Wick, the John Wick franchise, please go and watch it because I, I really like the first one is fantastic. The second one is still very good. Mm. Um, I am excited for a third one. I want to see a third one. I want to see more of, more of this. Um, I did, was just thinking. Mad Max came out in the last ten years as well, so and that's also fantastic. Um, but it's up there. Like just one there are scene. films that in the last ten years of action films that are probably just as good. If you know what they are, let me know. Find us on Twitter. You can find us at Dinosaur Man Fifteen. Yeah. Or on Facebook under Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. Title your comment, Andy. You're an idiot. And tell me which is the best action film of the last ten years. Um, where else can they find the podcast? Oh, everywhere. iTunes, Buzzsprout, and Stitcher. Uh, those sites you can also sites. Those places you can also leave comments, reviews, uh, ratings, subscribe us. Share us amongst the friends. Share us amongst your friends. If you don't like action films, join the club. If you do like action films, join Andy's club. (laughs) I like action films. I like some action films. If you do like action films, but only the good ones, then join my club. That's what I'll say. (laughs) I don't like the bad action films. As ever, thank you to Johnny Knees for the theme song. This week, an action-inspired version. It's like an 80s cop show. You'll notice it sounds exactly the same as it normally <laughs> that does. Because one, that one theme song covers all genres. Yeah, um, pretty much. As ever, thank you to you, Alex, for joining us. You're welcome. I'm not going to say thank you to no, you. No, no, that's cool. I don't appreciate I... you anymore. No, but thank you. You've been uh, a lovely host and you have a passion for action. Thank you for remaining calm. Uh-huh. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that I've been shouting on the podcast recently. No, we had to remove one whole rant from the last one. Yeah. Um... And thank you for not having unpopular opinions for once. Well, slightly unpopular (laughs) with you still. Thank you for joining us, and until next time. I am King of the Pigeons. (laughs) Die! Die!